The Call Room with Connor Burns and Simeon Birnbaum is presented by Hoka. On June 1st, the incredible Hoka Festival of Miles Meet is going down, and guys, this is the ultimate track meet experience that has brought hype and energy to the track for the past 15 years. This event is not your ordinary track meet, as it combines world-class races and distance-focused events with a festival-like atmosphere, music, and national-class talent. This year's field includes Connor Burns, Simeon Birnbaum, Aaron Solomon, Jackson Heidish, Tatum David, Samantha and Nicole Humphreys, and many other stars. As you may have heard on this series, Connor and Simeon have made it known that they'll be chasing after Alan Webb's high school mile record of 353.43, and I personally can't wait to see what happens. So I hope you guys can join us in St. Louis on Thursday, June 1st, or watch for free on Runnerspace to witness history in the making. So don't miss out on the ultimate track meet experience. The Hoka Festival of Miles, where records are broken and memories are made. Hey friends, welcome to episode 7 of The Car Room with Connor and Simeon. Just a quick note before we hop into today's fun and insightful episode. If you have not done so already, please give us a follow and a 5-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Doing so helps us out exponentially and it legitimately only takes between 5 and 10 seconds of your time to hit the follow button, to hit the 5-star review button. And then also, something all of you can do is share the show with a friend, a teammate, a family member. Doing this helps us to reach new people and hopefully inspire them in the process. Okay, all those notes aside, let's hop into today's episode. Simeon Birnbaum and the man of the hour, Connor Burns, new national high school record holder. How are you guys doing? Episode 7. Uh, you just sent me in first. I figured he would talk and all. Well, I was, oh, I was, yeah. I was saving right. the special man for last. You know, best for last. All right. No, all right. no disrespect, uh, Simeon. I'm, I'm doing pretty good. On to Connor. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm doing great. Love to hear it. So, uh, Connor, you flew back home yesterday. How you feeling? How's Missouri treating you? A little tired. A lot, a lot more human than when I left, and the bugs are definitely out today for my long run. Can you explain the situation? You were texting me on the plane. Can you explain the situation of being uh, desperate for food? And then I texted you with a flashback to like episode two with, uh, I was like, bros just got to get some Gardettos or whatever they're called. Yeah, well, the morning after, didn't have breakfast. I didn't really eat till like two in the afternoon in Missouri time, which is ahead of Cali time. So it was even longer, really. And then, um, yeah, had some nice barbecue for lunch. So I was at least good, but wasn't feeling too great after the plane ride, honestly. It's a little, little under the weather with no food and not much water and not much sleep. It's a little rough. And then, Simeon, you probably didn't have to travel too far. I mean, how far is Howard Wood from, from where you're at? I mean, it's probably it's like a bus a six, ride. Six-hour bus ride. Ooh, okay, that's not fun. I thought it'd be no. closer. South Dakota is bigger than I anticipated then. Six hours. Yeah, well, we're on the other side. Like, Sioux Falls is um, east side and we're west side, so completely different sides of the state. So what are you doing to kill six hours on the bus ride? Let's see. We played a lot of stumble guys. Um, pretty much stupid, like stupid mobile games with the entire team. Now we just pretty much just run those. Was your food situation a little better than Connor's, or did you come home tired, hungry, <laughs> desperate for food? Oh no, no. They like they like to stop at gas stations and stuff. So kids usually have plenty of food. Um, usually not the healthiest, but uh, <laughs> makes it makes the, the bus ride pretty fun. Is there a kid on your team that just like blows thirty dollars on like Swedish fish and <laughs> Bro, that's like, kids? That's like half the kids on that team. Yeah, if we if we stop at a gas station, we're clearing out like half of it. So I don't know where do we begin, Connor? You tell me where we begin. Uh, start with Simeon's races. No. Uh, uh, okay, okay, Simeon. 
First off, Simeon led us astray on the podcast, Connor, last week. Because he just talked about the 800, and then I saw he pulled off a 404, a 404 and a 4449. solo? Like, what? <laughs> I was like, bro only talked about the 800 on the podcast. Like, what? So, I guess let's start out with the 800 first, because I just thought you were only running the 800. So, I was, like, pleasantly surprised when I was like, oh, he just dropped a 404. Like, I didn't know <laughs> yeah, he was even that running was crazy. <laughs> so, let's start out with the 800. You ran 151.3, but uh, Dominic Schleter, official timing, had you at 151.1. So take me through this race. I was definitely kind of frustrated with it. Um, the field didn't come together like I wanted, so I, I led the entire thing. I got out exactly what I wanted to in 53, um, but we pretty much had classic South Dakota weather, so it was pretty windy. Um, so I got smacked with wind on the home straight and ended up running 150, which pretty close to a PR, um, not quite a PR, so... I think that's what helped make the mile feel a lot easier was after running that pace. Um, I really went into the mile with no expectations. Like me and my coach didn't even know how I wanted to run it. Like if I wanted to mess around and try to close in like a 54, if I wanted to actually run hard. And I decided since we weren't doing like a workout or this kind of was in place of a workout that I wanted to run it a bit harder. Um, but the whole goal was to just kind of have fun and not honestly try that hard. And for some reason, running just felt so easy that day. Like, like I can honestly say I was barely trying. Like, I came through in, like, 203, and, like, I was I had no pain. I was just chilling, and the, the crowd was loud, and I was just enjoying and having a good time. And then um, with, like, 100 meters left, I started hyping up the crowd, and I just kicked it in. I ended up closing, like, a 58, and I just, like, finished, and it was, like, I was totally fine. Like, I was just chilling. Like, it was definitely one of the most cool races because – I never really have those races where it doesn't even feel like I'm I'm trying that hard. Um, so let me pause you here. You said you were hyping up the crowd with 100 to go down the down the home stretch. DQ question mark? <laughs> nah, uh, nah. I think they're they're fine with it. Um, the crowd is like I got them on their feet by like pumping my arms like Jakob did. I mean, so I think they enjoyed it. Um, There's no talk of a DQ, luckily. So. Did you like uh, have a water water station stop three times like Jakob? <laughs> I wish I would have. I would have. If there, if there one was there, I definitely would have stopped a couple times. So before we dive deeper into these races, and then we can talk about the four by four as well. I'm curious, what are you doing be- between the eight and the mile the next day to to recover, get your mind right, refocus? You know, I know you didn't quite do what you were hoping for in the eight, and as you were saying, you know, the field didn't come through as you were hoping, and the situation wasn't ideal. So how do you kind of not only shift your focus physically but also mentally to the next day event um i mean i just took an ice bath and then just played rocket league with my teammates <laughs> we just had fun played the xbox a lot probably didn't sleep as much as i should have uh and then just went to the mile with just the goal of having fun because to be honest like no one was going to challenge me really at any point in the race like i would have had to run like the worst race of my life to get beat so um, yeah, I really didn't care a whole bunch. And then I know you kind of took me through this, but like what's going through your mind when you're in this mile race, you stated that it felt a lot easier and you, you quote, you know, weren't really trying, like that's got to feel refreshing when you are in a race and you're feeling like that, like, Hey, I actually don't feel like crap today. And let's just close in a two Oh one. Yeah. I mean, I was just kind of looking around. Um, I don't really know exactly what I was thinking, but I remember like it being different as just in like I was like looking at people in the crowd just like I wasn't like ultra focused 
yeah, it just felt like a like an easy day, just like out in the park, looking at squirrels, looking at dogs. Um, yeah, I mean, it was it was a really cool feeling. And then the four by four, I'm assuming not too soon after or not too late after, you end up splitting a 49, breaking 50 for the first time this season, maybe. Um, mm-hmm. So take me through that that race and that. Were you on the anchor leg? Yeah, I was on the anchor leg. So our team didn't make it in the fast heat, but we got second in our heat. And the person who, or the team who won our heat, they actually won the entire thing. So we ended up not being in that bad of a situation. But yeah, I mean, we our team ran really well. We ran like 325, which was better than expected. And I closed in 49.0 and... The sad part of the story is my hamstring started cramping a little bit the last 200. And so I was limping like a little bit around after the race. And I'm pretty much fine now. Like I did the normal workout today. But uh, now my coach is worried about the 400. And so he'll probably won't let me run it anymore this year. And it kind of crushes my dreams of pulling off the quad at state. But uh, I'll have to figure out something else to make. I might just end up running four 400s at stake because I'll just run the last lap of each race as fast as I can to kind of get payback or something. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we'll see. Don't get too ahead of ourselves. We'll, we'll convince Simeon's coach. I don't know. But I do want your health first and foremost. So um, I actually am curious, though. Are you stressing in your mind when that happens? Like, How do you approach that in the middle of the race when your hamstring starts to cramp as well as after the race? As a fellow athlete, I know those feelings of like, oh, crap, is my season over? <laughs> like, I'm sure that crossed your mind, even if it wasn't too serious. Yeah, I mean, for a second, like, I was like, should I finish this race? And I was like, maybe just a little bit longer, and we'll see if it gets worse. And it never got worse. Like, maybe it almost just got a little bit better. It was just kind of, like, tightened up a little bit, and then never really got worse. So um, I was able I was able to cross the line fine. And, yeah, I was obviously I wasn't enjoying the bus ride as much as I could have if that didn't happen. Um, I was a little bit worried, but. I woke up the next day and I already started feeling better, so um, it was encouraging. So, Connor, as I said, the man of the hour, uh, more like the man of the week, the man of, I don't know, a while. Uh, we'll see how long this record lasts. Man of 19 years. Yeah, man of 19 years. That's what I was like. As I was like formulating words, I was like, how many years has it been <laughs> since this record stood? So, man of 19 years. Um, take me through how you're feeling right now. Has it set in that you're a high school national record holder? Yeah, I mean, I it was it's like you said, um, like I kind of I kind of called it like I knew like deep like I could do it probably if it worked out right. Um, so it's not like a shock or anything. So yeah, you know, feels feels good, feels good to say I'm a national record holder. Okay, let's uh, go back in time the day before the race. Loyal Connor Burns Strava follower, and you posted you know your your normal pre race routine, and I want to say you you labeled the the run like my turn to be the villain now. Take me through uh, that that title and how you're feeling the day before and just the mindset going into the race. Yeah, you know, Simeon, Simeon was definitely the villain at Arcadia. Um, so I, I was trying to emulate that. You know, I was trying to get the, the Simeon vibes going to get me through this one. Um, also, being the villain is way cooler than being the hero. I'm just going to put that out there. So that, that was kind of a mindset. I was like, all right, we're going to go and we're just going to we're just going to ruin some pros day. Like in my case, it happened to be a lot of pros. So <laughs> ended up good. And then how are you feeling physically? Like, we'll get into this, but um, as I came to find out um, uh, yesterday when I talked to you for the first time since the race, like, you were feeling incredible during the race. Was there any, like, preview of that the day before where you were feeling incredible, or was it pretty much normal? 
Uh, yeah, I, mean, I never really feel great before races. Um, I've just come to accept that it's pretty usual to be like lethargic really before races, like the shakeout the day of and the, the pre-race day before, which is just kind of meh, which it kind of always is regardless of whether I have a good or bad race. So I've just learned to accept it and like not put too much not put any emphasis on it whatsoever you do that like four mile like easy run the day before what's your stride routine like i know some people do like four by 100 fast i know some people do like three by one two by two what does yours look like and how fast are you going on strides the day before uh really just depends like where we're at what kind of race we're doing um usually like if it's a mile we can't have that one nailed down where it's like three 200s and like 100 fast or something um like the 200s being that like race pace um and then same thing for like a two mile try and get like three or four 200s at race pace in um and then today we were on the track at cal or this weekend we we're on the track at cal fullerton um and they had a track meet going on so i couldn't do the way to just use the like 150 on the back stretch or whatever so i did like four by 150 just kind of uh cruising i think I looked at my watch and it was like 350 pace or whatever so i considered it good and then the day of how are you feeling how's the shakeout go and most importantly what are you doing to kill time and not overthink things because it's a night race Oh, class rally, baby, on the grind, getting getting back in the back in the season. This this time, this season, they actually like took away whatever stupid stuff they had last season, where it was like draft mode. Um, so I'm back. I'm back pushing for ultimate champion this season. Um, I've only lost one game in rank so far. I think I'm in like master two or something. So for anyone who plays, it's pretty good. Um, I'm, I'll, I'll pat myself on the back on that one. I won't lie. But no, besides yeah, just besides that. Um, just kind of thinking focus on the race focus on playing whatever um yeah feeling good you show up to the track uh what's the atmosphere like first and foremost it's a professional track meet you don't get in this atmosphere too often and it was also you know very special with what sound running was doing you know concert a lot of big atmosphere and also incredibly stacked races with just incredible pros you know yard nagus all the names that we could list so what was the atmosphere like at the track and were you feeling excited, nervous? Like, how were you feeling when you show, showed up? Oh, it was it was awesome. You know, they had a concert afterwards. Everyone was excited. It was like a lighthearted, loose atmosphere, you know. There's actually, like, a decent crowd, which is pretty cool. Um, sound running does, like, a great job at their meets. So if this isn't any indication, you know, all the pros are there. It was cool to see a lot of them. Um, yeah, you know, it was pretty, pretty awesome environment. Okay, don't take me through the full race. We'll save the last mile. Take me through the first two miles getting off the line, settling in, you and Gorzy, you know, scraping your way, being the villains in this in this field of pros. Take me through the first two miles and everything that happens. Yeah, so I got off the line, like, middle of the pack, and then, like, my instructions um, from my dad were very clear. Um, stick to the rail as long as possible and just watch the gaps. Like, if there's any gaps, move in. Um, try and cover it. If not, just stay the rail as much as you can. Don't get involved in any of, like, the yo-yoing. Or like passing a pro and then having them pass you right back like a lap later like which i actually had a pretty clear view of, um view of for a lot of the race and like some of these some of these pros like need to be a lot smarter racing I, I would watch like two guys like indian run like what are you guys doing like they'd pass someone and like the next lap like another guy would pass like three more guys and like those two guys would pass them on later and they're we're all running the same pace in the same group like what are you doing oh i, I was like i was just kissing like sitting in the back of that pack for a while um and just yeah, it was it was pretty funny. I thought, but no, I think my first turn was like thirty four, which is pretty pretty god awful. Um, and if you want to run fast, so I lost probably like what three seconds there. But that would have not affected me at all um, if I went on like thirty or thirty one or something. Um, but yeah, me and Gorzy or Tyrone just kind of um, hung out in the back of the pack, 
for the first like mile. And then I think it was like five laps when I saw like a gap starting to form between like the group, like the back of the pack and then like the next group. So I covered that move um, on the back stretch. And I think Gorzy followed me. Uh, and then later on, yeah, and I, I think I followed them through two miles and went through in like 846. And the whole time I was just feeling like I was floating. Like it was like I was not running hard. Like I literally felt, felt like a fast tempo out there. It's was, it was like surreal. Like I could not believe how easy it felt to go through an 846. And you've never felt like that before. That's correct. Yeah, like, like it was like I've never felt like in a race before. Like I cannot remember a time where, you know, I go through like two thirds of the race and I'm not like hurting like at all. We've talked about this before to do monumental things in the sport. You know, we hear like, oh, four guys are going to go sub four today and like none do. And you guys have said it's because you got to execute on the day and it's easier said than done to have that happen. And more importantly, to have things go right for you. What's it like to be in the race and be conscious? I'm not sure. Were you conscious of like, okay, not only <laughs> just every, all the stars aligned, right? Like you were feeling good on the day and you were fit and you know, you couldn't have predicted whether you're going to feel good or bad. And you have to go into the race with the mindset that, hey, I'm going to grind regardless and go after this regardless. But I'm sure it's got to feel pretty darn good when you feel the best you ever had the day of the record attempt. Yeah, that was definitely pretty awesome. But the one thing that like, you know, it is my first 5K on the track ever. And the one thing that like people talk to me, like my dad talked to me, like 5K is supposed to be like one of the hardest events in track and feel like it's supposed to hurt the most of almost any event. And that was the kept like that kept staying in the back of my mind was like, when is it going to start to hurt? When is it going to start to hurt? So I was a little maybe too cautious of that. Like I could feel the pace slow down when we have, whenever we hit like a 66 or like a 65 high or something like I could feel the pace slow that lap. And it was a little concerning, but I just stuck to the race plan, stay in the rail, conserve as much energy as possible. So Connor, you closed the last 16 in about like 416, the last eight in 204, and the last 461 to ultimately break the record and run 1337.30. Take me through each of these laps individually and ultimately crossing the finish line. Yeah, so I think with like 1400, maybe like three laps to go, um, Tyrone, like he was behind me for most of the race, and then he kind of made a move to um, like go and like pass me and then pass like the group of pros you're running with. Um, so I followed him through it and we didn't really like pass him all the way. We're just kind of like, like maybe I think we got ahead of him like a little bit. I don't really remember exactly, but I remember he made a move and I followed it home. And then for that was for like a lap and a half maybe. And then with like 700, like I saw on the clock with 800 to go that I need like a 205 or 204 or something. I'm going to break the record. And I was like, I'm feeling good. Like I, I can maybe do this. It wasn't really, I don't think it really processed my head at the time. Um, I just, I was just thinking like, you're feeling good. Just go. So at 700, I had like the wind on my back. Um, and I kind of made a move on like Tyrone and I never really looked back. Like after, at that point I was in like full finish mode. Um, it was kind of like blurring, not like I can remember most of the race besides like the last 700, um, because like you're in the, you're in the zone right there. Um, so yeah, just kind of reeling in like pros that were dying in front of me. Um, and then like the last 300, I kind of got like a second wind or something. And I think I hit it a little too hard because what you don't see in the video is that 70 meters from the finish line, I was rigging like full lactic. Like I barely like 800 type rig style. Like I was barely moving that last 70 meters. Um, after the race, I was talking to Jerry and my dad about it. And like the first thing they said was like the last, like you could have closed like 57, 58 if you hadn't rigged that last lap, which is really cool to think like, should have maybe if I waited like an extra 50 meters to really punch it. 
um, would have been that fast would close. Like, I think that'd be would have been really cool. That definitely indicates, um, I think, a little more mile speed than what I've shown. So, yeah, that's really cool. Um, yeah, it was pretty awesome. And then after I finished, I didn't remember, like, the exact decimal of Rob's record. As soon as 37, and I saw my time of the clock, like, 337.3. So I, like, assumed I got it because I was like, oh, it's 30, 70% chance I got it. And, like, 10 seconds later, I heard them announce it, and I was like, oh, my gosh, thank God. So that was pretty awesome. Real quick question before we get into the realization of getting the record. Um, when you're rigging with, like, 100 meters to go, 50 meters to go, does the thought come across your mind of, like, uh, I might have the record, but if I fall here, it's over? <laughs> no well like um that's why you saw like the finish like so weird like because i was trying everything i could just to like get across the line like every like everything i had like lean um like a couple steps out or something like it was just trying everything i could to just keep my arms moving keep my legs moving um because yeah that was bad so you cross the finish line you take a minute to catch your breath and you hear over the pa you know connor burns new high school national record you throw up your arms in celebration Take me through, if you remember, what are you feeling inside of you? Like, how did you feel when you heard those words? Oh, I, like, it was just, you know, it was amazing. Like, it's what you've been training for. Um, like, the, the, like, the thought that went through my mind was, like, I did it, I did it, I did it. You know, it was pretty cool. Just the crowd was roaring. Um, and then I had, like, five interviews. Some afterwards, I just wanted to hide after that because there was a few too many interviews. But it was fine special is it to have all of this hard work pay off those who follow you on strava or who have heard this series or you on the podcast before know how hard you work and know how dedicated you are to your craft and know that it has not been an easy journey and that you know you were i would i don't want to say visibly because this podcast isn't live on video for people to watch but like you were mad after arcadia like you wanted more out of yourself and indoors you were not very happy with your performances you didn't think that they showed what your training showed you and I think some people were like, oh, keep saying that. And you proved them wrong. You were like, this is ind indicative of my fitness. And not only that, but I think I can go further. And I think I can do this in more events. So what's it like to have something to show for all the work that you've been putting in? Yeah, it's definitely nice to have like that external validation, you know, um, that shows everyone that, hey, like, I am pretty fit. Like, um, I don't know. But yeah, like you said, it's just crazy how oh, a month ago. I ran Arcadia at 841, and then today I closed, in 8, or this weekend I closed in 842. Felt so much better. It's just insane, like, the difference. Like, I don't even know what the difference was. Like, did I have some bad D? Like, who, like, who knows what happened? But it's all the training signs. We did everything same in training. Like, I, it's crazy. I don't know. How do you maintain belief in that hard period, you know, after Arcadia, where it didn't go as well as you had hoped? You know, we talked about it on the podcast, but not, like, super in-depth. How do you maintain belief that you're on the right journey and you just have to keep going and it's going to pay off eventually, but a lot easier said than done in those moments of darkness? Yeah, you know, you just have to remind yourself of like the best parts, like the best workouts you've done in the past. And that, like the finish, it doesn't just go away. Like it's still there. You just had a bad race, you know, like you had, you have bad workouts. Like that's what just all it is, like a bad workout. Like you still got the benefit of the work, but it just didn't show like the snappy effort or something. And then Simeon, we were texting back and forth throughout the race, but what was your reaction seeing it go down and ultimately, you know, seeing Connor get the record? What was your reaction to it and your reaction today? Yeah, so I wasn't actually watching it. Um, I was looking at the splits. Yeah, same. <laughs> I hate to admit it, but same. <laughs> yeah, I was looking at the splits and 
first of all, when I saw 34 for the first 200, I was nervous. Like, I thought, like, <laughs> what is he doing? Like, like the first lap should anything be a bit fast. So I was, I was really worried from there. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, it was really cool. I was, I was looking, I was looking at um, Connor and Gorzy and comparing them. And yeah, they pretty much ran the whole thing together. Um, but when I saw like 63 um, on his second to last lap, I was like, oh boy. Like I knew I was going to be so close. And I just like kept refreshing the page, keep refreshing the page, seeing people come in. And I also didn't know like what the, um, like what he had to like what decimal point. Like all I knew was 1337. So um, like right after I was looking up what Galen Rupp's record was, so my teammates are around me and we all started going crazy. And then we're like, no way, because like my teammates like to make fun of Burns sometimes. <laughs> like to be honest, like after Arcadia, they they are making fun of you. Um, and then uh, one of my teammates went up to my coach and and told him what what Connor just did. And um, yeah, I mean, it was just it was super cool. Connor, you broke the fourteen year old record which Galen Rupp held. He went to the University of Oregon. We all know what he's gone on to do. What does that mean to you to break such a historic record from such a historic name? Yeah, I mean, it's pretty incredible that a rough record, like, he's the dude's one of the best Americans ever. I think he's won probably more medals than any American ever has on the world stage, um, distance runners, that is. So it's definitely pretty cool to follow in his footsteps. But the, the thing that, like, that irks me is that, yeah, I, I broke it, but there's I feel like there's so much more there. Like, if I run another 5K in the summer, I just, like, just like clean up, like clean up the race. Like don't go out in 34. Don't yeah, maybe save a little bit more like in the kick and don't tie up. Like there's, I think there's so much more there. Has he reached out to you? Has he uh, congratulated you? I don't even know if he has the means to do. I don't know if the guy has a phone. (laughs) (laughs) No, he's, he's pretty much of a ghost on social media. Yeah, so Simeon's comment, who's going to like Galen Rupp? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Simeon had a bunch of good ones. I mean, okay. I think it's like a reality he still doesn't know. Like, uh, yeah, he definitely knows. That. He definitely knows. It's possible. It's, it's possible. I mean, if, if you're not on social media and he's just training and hanging out with his family, like, I don't know. Yeah, that's it's actually most likely. Like, that's actually someone valid. on his team like probably saw and told him, or like if he's training with the team. He which, doesn't have a team. He is Mike exactly. Smith. If Mike so, Smith called him. He could be like anywhere in the world. I mean, does anyone know his whereabouts? <laughs> no. He's like this 14-year-old record. Predictions on how long it's going to last. I'm not saying 14 years. All respect to you. <laughs> no, I think maybe it'll last a couple months in the summer when I hopefully run another 5K and break it a lot better. And that record is going to last a while. If if I can get into another 5K, that's, that's my prediction. Simeon, coming back to you, uh, appreciate your patience and Connor and I going back and forth there for like 15 minutes. Um, no, it's all good. Reflections from Howard Wood, Dakota Relays. I'm Nothing too crazy. Um, I'm just really happy about how easy the mile felt. Uh, probably just going to do a bit more speed work and keep trying to make 58s feel more comfortable and get ready for these. Um, the more speedier miles and 800s coming postseason. So just keep working. Any afterthoughts or reflections a few days removed from your race? Uh, reflections on the 5K is I want to know how much faster I can go. Like, if I went through two miles that easy and had sloppy racing in there, like, I really think mid to low 1320s is a possibility this year. So I, I think that's definitely going to be possible in the future. And then what's next for you guys? What's the next week, two weeks look like for you guys? Just hard workouts, training, get ready for your 
festival miles. Yeah, I mean, I'll train hard this week. Um, probably run the 800 leg in a medley next week, then state, and then on to the big races. Connor, you have any uh, 4x4s or 800s or 1200 legs we should know about because they won't be posted on Strava most likely? <laughs> okay. Um, district sectionals in the state is coming up three weeks in a row. So I think I'm doing the mile, two mile, 4x8, and possibly the 4x4. We're not sure about that one yet. But no, yeah. So you have to do all. those events every single week for the next three weeks? Yep. Jeez. So how do you approach that? Is it just like you know you can like tempo it and go through on that time, or do you actually have to work for these? Temp- tempo is being generous. I think I, I think I won the two mile at like sectionals in like ten thirty or something last year. No oh, chance. So, no yeah. chance. Why? Why did I not grow up in Missouri? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Point does it get hard? Like, do you actually have to put attention and focus into it? And also, how are you going to structure training around these races? Well, the relay is going to be hard because I have to carry my team through it. Um, but training, I mean, we just treat it as like an easy day, really. <laughs> like, I think my dad said, we're going to try and do like some tempo stuff Friday, um, and then treat it as like a glorified easy day on Saturday. And then after this race, how are you approaching training? Like, how's your body feel? And do you, are you going to take like the Tuesday workout off and only work out on Friday? And like, what does this week look like for you? Hmm. No, I think the, I think we have some, some doozy workouts planned these next three weeks. Um, which is what we did last year. So I think the goal is to do a Michigan this week, a 1200 really fast next week, and then some, and then some, uh, some 400 repeats to get ready for festival miles in three weeks, the week before state. So yeah, got the main focus he's coming up is definitely not uh, the state series, but rather the, the big workouts the week of. So Simeon, uh, I know you have some of these races planned, but are there any specific workouts that you've nailed down with your coach? I know you talked about before. He definitely gives you the game plan, but it is kind of a collaborative relationship. Are there any things you're looking to do in the coming week or two in training? Um, Not really. I haven't really talked to him much about the workouts this week. All I know is we're going to do our usual, like, um, more tempo-y stuff early in the week and then more faster stuff later in the week. Um, definitely nothing like Connor, no, no Michigan workouts, no, like really known probably workouts would all just be, um, just classic South Dakota training, I guess. Um, training I've been doing all year. So definitely not anything special. So Connor and Simeon, it's been a a pretty normal episode, but extraordinary in the ways in which that the normal things we talked about today included national records and, uh, a casual 404 mile. Uh, but any anything else we want to bring up on the podcast today before we close things out? Uh, not really. I was I was made aware that someone was a little salty that I broke the five k record, so they had to go make a Strava account, which I thought was pretty funny. But yeah, nothing much. Can't say too much on that. Uh, don't want to be embarrassed by the difference in follower counts, so I'll keep my mouth <laughs> shut for now. <laughs> hey, but. It's not the Strava that matters. It's the winning races that matters. So I'll leave it to that. Yeah, real quickly, I was thinking about this over the weekend. Simon, you're undefeated this season, right? Like, I know you've maybe lost relays, but like individually, you're undefeated, right? Yeah. Last year, I was undefeated till my last race, which was the 800 I got second in. So I'm on the similar track. But yeah. That's got to feel good, though, especially the races you're running. I mean, Arcadia would win that. I mean, not that you'd lose these races, these South Dakota races, but 
I don't know. Oh, yeah. It's cool yeah. to be undefeated. I mean, you you're just like, yeah, it's fine. But <laughs> yeah. I, think I mean, it just cool. feels like the same as last year. Yeah, like, that's valid. I just got to go the whole year this time, though. Hopefully. As Connor and I made very well clear at the beginning, episode one, we didn't know who you were till Brooks PR, so we would not have known that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, the only big races I ran was Arcadia, I think. That was like the only, so it wasn't hard to be undefeated until Brooks, obviously. I do have one final note before we close out the episode. Our boy Isam, uh, he's made me more aware of Noah Lyles and what Noah's doing because I'm watching Noah's every move because he's scared of Isam. And um, Noah has kind of gotten into this habit of dressing up going into every race. Like when he shows up to the track, he shows up with like a couple thousand dollar outfit. Uh, I know at New Balance Indoor Nationals, there was like something similar where not race day, but like the day before the race, you guys showed up, you know, in, in nice suits and nice outfits. So how do you guys feel about, you know, the Cole Matisin, I guess, style of, of dressing up for a track meet? Oh, I think there needs to be more of it. You know, the New Balance thing was really cool. I think the intention was to do it before the race, like the like going into the race, but it got mixed up in communication or something. And it was like a multi-day event. So I think that was part of it. So they just had like a media night like before the races. But no, I think there definitely needs to be more of it. Yeah, no, it was it was super awesome. Um, but I think the struggle with high school is you're not really making that much money as a runner. So you can't wear like those crazy products. So, um, but it's mostly like sprinters too. But I mean, I guess maybe when distance running contracts grow and maybe they get more swagger, we'll have more of that in the distance running community. I'm trying to see Simeon and Connor post-festival miles at like 11 o'clock at night in suits playing chess live stream. That, I think I think we could arrange that. I think we can. A hundred percent. I think we can. Well, boys, a legendary episode, legendary series. Maybe speak on that before we close out. I mean, going into this series, anything could happen and not that things have turned out perfectly, but it's looking good. Podcast stock is looking good. Most of the major races that we run, I think, have have winners from this podcast. So it's kind of like a podcast sweep going on. That's what I'm saying. I, I, Connor, it's been a pleasure. Episode 7 in the books. We got uh, three to go. I appreciate you guys doing this. And, uh, yeah, best of luck with uh, the upcoming weeks, and we'll run it back next week. Until next time. Yes, sir. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of The Running Effect with Dominic Schleter. I don't take your time for granted, and I hope that today's episode impacted you and left you walking away inspired and all the more motivated to chase after your biggest goals and walking away a better version of yourself. Make sure you're following the podcast, have given us a five-star review, and consider sharing with a friend. Through that, we can reach new people and hopefully inspire them in the process. Also, make sure you're following us on social media at The Running Effect to stay up to date on all the exciting projects and all the new episodes coming out. Generally, we release two to three episodes per week, so stay tuned for all of those coming your way shortly. I hope you're running and life is going well. Guys, keep chasing mastery, and I will catch you in next episode.